Hey there, I'm Bella Hilton and welcome to the Studio Fertility Podcast. If you have been struggling to conceive a baby, well grab a cup of tea. You have come to the right place because I've got your back. I spent 11 years trying to conceive my baby and I don't want you to wait that long. In fact, in that 11 years, I dealt with a bad marriage and a bad divorce, infertility, miscarriages, IVF, toxic workplaces, insensitive comments, and even breast cancer. I got through it all and I'm happy, healthy, and smiling. And I have an amazing husband and a little boy. Now, my superpower is helping women just like you to heal their hearts, live a life that is even better than they thought possible, and then conceive their babies. Because I learned to get the good stuff, I had to get right with myself first and find my happiness now. I finally put my psychology background to use, empowered myself, used my intuition, eliminated my blocks, and that's when everything changed. So here we'll explore your mind and emotions on the journey to conceiving your baby, how to make them work for you, and how to live an amazing life in the process. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast today. I am your host, Bella Hilton. And I hope wherever you are in the world right now, you are warm because right now in Australia, it is freezing and I'm a little bit cold. So if you're on my side of the world, I wish you good heating in an insulated house. And if you're not, I hope summer is coming in fast and hot and delightful and I can't wait to be in summer again. But anyway, that's not why we're here today. As I freeze, let's dive into the podcast today because I'm sure it'll warm me up. So today I wanted to talk to you about the lasting trauma of infertility and what to do about it because I think this is a really missed topic that needs to be talked about and normalized in society and this is why I'm talking about it today. Because let's face it everyone, fertility or infertility struggles can be a really, really traumatic experience. And I'm not actually talking about a colloquial use of the term trauma. I mean, real diagnosable trauma, right? I talk to women every single day who've been through some absolutely horrific scenarios, let me put it that way, that make my four miscarriages and 11 years of infertility feel like a walk in the park. But honestly, let's not get into or condone comparison because everyone is unique and it doesn't matter Uh, whether or not you've been through something horrific because everyone processes information differently and everyone's experience and feelings are valid. And the fact remains that the stress and trauma of infertility has been shown to be on par with people who have a cancer diagnosis or heart disease or HIV. It is a big deal and I want you to really hear that today. Now, not to make yourself a victim, though, we know that we're never about that. This isn't about walking around making, you know, infertility a badge of honor so people can pity us. No one wants to feel like people are pitying us. That's not the point. I'm talking about this today. So if you're in a bit of denial, that you do not deny it to yourself and you don't downplay it. Because when we downplay it, we actually can't do anything about it to get to the other side. Does that make sense? Because I often use the analogy 
that I see women with infertility walking around pretending to be fine. And I liken it to walking around and like being in your house, for example, while it's on fire, pretending like nothing is wrong, like trying to cook dinner and like there's this, you know, roaring inferno around you and, and you know, firemen are trying to put it out. But you're just like, Ooh, what's wrong? What are you talking about? Right? It doesn't work. And I'm going to talk a bit later on about how invisible infertility seems to be in society. And I think this is why we downplay the severity. And I think as a result, we have, you know, we, we deny our own level of trauma to ourselves that we're actually experiencing because we're trying to fit into that paradigm. So research shows that the main cause of stress, and I mean real stress here, I'm not talking about a deadline at work, I'm talking about real traumatic stress, is uncertainty, lack of information, and loss of control. So yeah, you can see why cancer and HIV can be so traumatic and stressful. There's so much uncertainty, right? But if you look at it closely too, it describes an infertility journey perfectly, massive uncertainty that is never ending, total lack of information, particularly if you have unexplained infertility and have no definable reason, not something you're trying to overcome, right? Um, Loss of control, feeling like we can't control the outcome. Um, There is no just work harder and it will happen here, right? Not if you use functional medicine, acupuncture, mind-body work, or IVF, or IUI, or other medicated attempts. Like, there is no work harder, and it will happen. There is no guarantee. And in fact, a lack of information actually creates uncertainty, and so does a loss of control. So when it boils down to it with those three, uncertainty, lack of information, and loss of control, it is all about uncertainty that creates so much of the stress. And here's the kicker, right? The reason that is, is because certainty is our biggest human need, right? We actually need big amounts of certainty and um, different people handle levels of uncertainty differently. Some people can handle greater levels and maybe they cope a little bit better on the journey than other people. Now, that level of uncertainty consistently over time in itself can be traumatic enough for us, let alone the hundreds of negative pregnancy tests, the miscarriages, doing IVF, or the news that you might have to consider a a donor egg or, or donor sperm. It's also a loss of your dreams, your identity, Uh, It feels so frustrating because it seems like, you know, everyone else is walking around going, oh, my husband just has to look at me and I get pregnant, ha, 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 you know, that kind of thing. So it makes you feel even more inferior that you can't do something that's supposedly so easy and normal and it makes you feel more broken and increases those feelings of a lack of control and a lack of worth, a lack of worth in in the world, a lack of self-worth. Now, There are big T's and little T's in the world, as in big trauma and little traumas. And infertility can produce some doozy of some big traumas. And I've definitely, you know, um, talked to clients who have some of those. But it also can produce those little T's and they're not to be discounted because the thing is a whole bunch of little T's or little traumas can start to add up and snowball into a big trauma because you don't know where one trauma ends 
and the other one starts, right? It starts to just build and build and build and all become too much until it starts to become one big trauma. Can you see that? So let me tell you a little story. On my Instagram, uh, Instagram, where am I? <laughs> On my Instagram last week, I actually posted a photo of myself having a family holiday with my wonderful husband and my gorgeous little boy. And, you know, it was a great holiday, but as the caption said, it's what you don't see in this photo that makes this photo deceiving because it looks like just a happy family portrait. And that's one side of it. But I was actually going through an ordeal that took six months all up, right? That really took its toll on me emotionally and physically. And that's a lot to deal with. I did IVF and became pregnant with a perfectly tested embryo. So when I became pregnant, I thought this was it, right? That like my mind kind of tricked me into really thinking that. Unfortunately, at the seven-week scan, all that was visible um, on that scan was an empty sack. So the baby had never developed, but my body thought it was pregnant, right? It was a true blighted ovum. The baby never developed, but the placenta was, and it was sending out all the signals to my body. And it was continuing to do this. But I couldn't give up, uh, you know, because something about my body said it was pregnant, right? And, you know, the hormones and stuff and the hope that I had. And, of course, I'm human and I Googled the hell out of, the you know, stuff that showed that sometimes they can miss the baby, you know, maybe it's because, um, um, uh, what were they called, retroverted uteruses or something where they tip back and, you know, they might miss them or something. But, you know, these things I think are quite rare. But I just couldn't have a DNC in that moment just in case. And I thought, you know, well, if this wasn't meant to be, I want to do this naturally too and allow my body to do that process naturally. But holding on to this pregnancy um, longer actually created a lot of stress for me. So I held on to that pregnancy for another long, long three weeks before my body was finally starting to realize that there was no baby. And it was only at that stage that I was able to finally book myself in for a DNC at the hospital because by that stage, three weeks, you know what that's like 24 hours a day, seven days a week for three weeks was a lot for me to contain these thoughts and these emotions and holding on to that hope um, when most of me knew that it was over. But anyway, at this stage when my body was starting to recognize it, I really needed it to be over and to start to heal. So I did the DNC and went on this great holiday with my family. But well, basically what else was happening behind the scenes as well. So I had this DNC and I was really starting to heal and process. And that was great. And this holiday was great for that. It was really healing. But my body also felt like it was still cycling, still having a period cycle, but I wasn't getting my period. And so I was having all these really weird symptoms because basically my body was building a lining each month but it couldn't come out. It had nowhere to go. And as I'm told, it apparently absorbs back into your body, which is not a good thing for your body, right? So I was having a lot of, um, it was very physical. And after 10 weeks, um, my doctor said, uh, we need to look into this. And I needed another surgery to correct it because I had 
um, scar tissue, sometimes I trip up my words, don't I? Scar tissue from the DNC blocking my cervix from actually um, letting my period come out. And of course, that started off a whole nother ball of stress because, you know, um, of course, you know, Google it and and DNCs can sometimes cause massive scarring, which then doesn't help with fertility, and that can be another cause of infertility, blah, blah, blah. So you can imagine these thoughts that ran around in my head at that stage before my surgery. Now, thankfully, the damage wasn't extensive. It was just at the opening, and it was very easy, but I didn't know that going into it. And meanwhile, I was also sitting in a very toxic position at work that was actually traumatic in itself and I think uh, a lot of the cause of probably a lot of my miscarriages because the environment that I was in was so toxic to go into every week it was causing me huge amounts of stress. Now the sheer length of the time of this process from start to finish of doing the IVF, having the transfer, Um, being pregnant for 10 weeks, then another 10 weeks, right? The sheer length of time coupled with the other intensely stressful situations in my life, like work, really took their toll on me. And also because it was my third miscarriage, right? It wasn't my first and it was a perfectly tested embryo. Um, And they even tested the DNC material and again, it was perfect. So no reason it should have happened. So all these things just were happening all at once. Plus the nurse even told me the sex of the baby after they tested the material. Like it was happy news. That was a very weird experience. And thankfully I am who I am. I took it in my stride. Anyway, my point is things can really have a way of building up, right? When they're that intense for so long. So just because you don't have that story that that society can hang its hat on and can understand like, oh, you went to war and saw atrocities, that's why you're experiencing trauma, does not mean that it's, that it's not real, right? It is very real. So why, you know, it, and it could also be just those um, negative pregnancy tests um, building up and building up and building up every month for maybe a couple of years, right? That is enough. Um, So why are we talking about all of this today? Well, because the trauma of infertility, when you've been feeling it so deeply, doesn't really end when you have a baby. I'm sorry to tell you this, um, if you haven't dealt with it, right? The struggle to conceive can become so consuming that you simply don't let it go when you have a baby because, you know, you still have that ripple effect in your body. And today I want to outline three reasons why I think you need to deal with your infertility trauma now before you conceive. So the first reason is with the work that I do with my clients, I personally think this is step number one to actually having a a successful pregnancy. The sheer amount of stress and trauma we can hold in our bodies can sometimes be the reason why we are not conceiving. Not always, but it can be part of the reason. And now may not have started it, but it can definitely perpetuate it, right? And quite frankly, walking around all day feeling like crap and walking through life in fog and misery is no way to actually live. You know that. Feeling like that is all-consuming and it's, it's not a great feeling and we, you know, we don't want this for you. Now, secondly, if you can carry that into um, – if – sorry – 
if you carry that into a successful pregnancy and the rest of your life, it will actually change your ability to truly enjoy your pregnancy. And if this is your first pregnancy, you really want to be able to enjoy that. And it will change your ability to handle stressful situations, which there are many in parenting alone, right? It doesn't set you up for success in that. It doesn't set you up for um, uh, a happy and content future. And three, it absolutely blankets your ability to enjoy your life now and after. People say, you know, go and get your nails done, have a bath, get a massage. But nothing is enjoyable when you're feeling quite so crap. But so many of us actually stop ourselves from putting our mental and emotional health first through infertility struggles because society says that it doesn't really matter. And it doesn't seem to matter because having babies is seen as a choice, right? But you and I know that when you have that deep desire in your heart for a baby, it doesn't feel like much of a choice. It feels like they're there, but they're just not earthside yet. And having babies is also seen as natural and an easy process for so many that it's hard to accept, I think, for society that a few, you know, I'm downplaying it here, but a few difficulties in this area can be seen as, you know, traumatic. Like, why is it affecting you so much? And I think because parenting isn't always easy to right? And people complain about their kids because what they're really lacking is some time to this time to themselves or some strategies so they don't, you know, get burnt out by parenting because it's so constant that they also wonder what the big deal is and start saying things like, oh, you can have one of mine, like it's helpful and not incredibly hurtful. But it's really because they've never been through it, right? And it is one of those things that a lot of people don't get. There are some wonderful people in this world that have that perspective and that empathy, but there are a lot that just don't get the, the, the depth to it, the severity to it. Now, if you took away their ability to have kids and their current children, they would find that perspective pretty quickly, but that's unlikely to happen. So unfortunately, this is why I think society pushes down infertility like it shouldn't matter quite so much, except it does matter deeply. It is a deeply confusing and trauma-inducing time if we let it be, because I definitely have the strategies and the tools that I use with my client to help them make it less so and even pull them out of it. But as a result of society, we as women tend to push it down like it shouldn't matter too, right? But beautiful ladies, even if you can't find the voice to advocate for yourself right now, I am advocating for you. I want you to be able to build the strength to advocate for yourself So you start actually taking your mental and emotional health very seriously. Even if that is because you know that actually addressing it can improve your chances of conception by up to 55% or double your chances of IVF or IUI being successful. This is proven by studies. So if you take nothing else away, maybe focus on it because it will actually help you but I really want you to address it because I want you to remember your worth. I want you to have an amazing life and increase your fertility as the icing on the cake. I want you to decide that suffering for the rest of your life because of this, whether you have a baby or not, isn't good enough for you. 
And to that end, I've actually put together a really comprehensive um, free handout that I think you're really going to love. I've called it the Fertility Mojo Makeover, three things to reclaim your mojo and surrender to the journey without giving up. And these are things that I applied to my own life um, that gave me success. Um, It's it's highly valuable information in there and I really think you should check it out. So if you think you need that support to start to heal your trauma and want to increase your fertility at the same time, please check it out because I have written this just for you and I have put so much into it. Uh, And you can get that. um, It might be on the page that you're on. You can sign up for it. But otherwise, just go to studiofertility.com slash mojo to get yourself a copy. So ladies and and gents, if you're listening, I want you to stop discounting your feelings, start acknowledging all you've been through and start prioritizing you, right? You matter and this is important. But just acknowledging that that you matter and this is important, I think is not enough because if we're in the know, then, then we need to do something about it. Otherwise, we're actually choosing to stay stuck. And I'm sure you don't want to choose to stay stuck. That feels awful. And well, I, I always say, I don't want this for you. I don't want you to stay stuck. I want you to see the other side. And the first step to actually healing is actually starting to acknowledge where you are and reaching out for help. Because if you're anything like me, when I was in the thick of my emotions and feelings through many of the things that I've been through in life, because there has been way more than just infertility for me, sometimes it can feel like you will never be okay. And that is a really scary place to be when you're in the thick of it and maybe you're bawling your eyes out and you're like, I can't see how I'm going to be okay. That's really hard. And I also knew in my life, though, when I was in those times, that I started to learn that I needed to reach out to others to help uh, because I knew that I was in the box and I couldn't get myself out of the box. Because the one thing I knew was that if I didn't have the internal resources at that time, I always had one resource up my sleeve, other people reaching out. And quite honestly, it didn't matter who it was. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I reached out to people that I just knew could help me in the moment. And that was okay. Now, sometimes that's a friend. Sometimes that was a professional. Sometimes that was a book or a YouTube video. It didn't matter what it was. As long as I reached out, I realized at this moment, I don't have the perspective or the resources to be able to help myself. I need to expand that circle because I couldn't see the other side and if I don't can't see the other side how am I again supposed to get to the other side it's like saying just be happy if you've never been happy in your life how do you know how to be happy you can't so how will you get there it's like setting out on a trip but not knowing where you're going and not in a fun way right you're just driving aimlessly you've got nowhere to stay and then all of a sudden it's nighttime and you're in the dark and you're nowhere on the side of the road that's not fun Now, it's like a client recently who came to me and she had just been through something completely traumatic and I guided her through a gentle process that was incredibly powerful for her. Now, she didn't get past her experience in one session or completely heal, right? That wasn't the point of the session. 
but it was a process that allowed her to see in a deeply profound way as she navigated through what she was going through that she was going to be okay, that she could see the other side. Now she could see it and experience it then in small doses and that can be huge. That is the light at the end of the tunnel. That allows your body to slowly see the other side, feel the other side, experience the other side more and more until that becomes the norm and you start to get over the hump, right? That allows your body to start to experience that things can and will change. And that can start in the mind by doing these beautiful kind of meditation and visualizations that I sometimes walk my clients through on a very unconscious level, right? It gets right deeply into the body. So I just want to leave you with this. I really hope you do take advantage of the uh, the document that I put together for you, the Fertility Mojo Makeover. There's some really amazing information in there, plus some stuff about unexplained fertility, uh, unexplained infertility that I'm sure you do not know. Um, that I really want you to have that information because information is power in, in this game. And I really think this could be helpful to so many of you. So yeah, just go to uh, studiofertility.com slash mojo, unless it's on the page that you're on at the moment where you can just um, get access to it. And I will see you next time on the podcast, my beautiful, beautiful people. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Studio Fertility Podcast. Remember, if you like this podcast, go ahead and subscribe so you can make sure you know when the next episode drops. And you can find other episodes right now at studiofertility.com slash podcast. And of course, if you know of anyone else that would benefit from this podcast, make sure you share it with them and pay it forward. We are all in this together. Make sure too that you give us a five-star rating to help others find this podcast. And let me know how this podcast has benefited you by leaving a review so I can continue to deliver more great content that I know you want and need. And if you're starting to find that your infertility journey is getting the best of you, please head over to my website at studiofertility.com slash meditation and you can get instant access to a week of learning all about meditation, hypnosis, and visualization, how to use each one, and how they benefit you, and of course, some actual tracks to start to calm your nervous system. Each day, you will receive a short video and an awesome meditation, hypnosis, or visualization that you can do in your own time. And of course, access to those tracks for whenever you need them. Just head to studiofertility.com slash meditation to find out more. And I'll see you next time on the podcast.